Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to ATL and 29, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chouinard, and I'm here with Tyler Jones. Tyler, how are you doing? Doing okay. It's Halloween, and, you know, been passing out candy to the kids, so that's been pretty cool. But outside of that, you know, nothing, nothing major going on. Are you, like, all suited up in your costume? No, I don't do. I, <laughs> no, not that. Not that important to me. Okay. Uh, I had a couple of Cleveland people digging up a three-year-old tweet that is no longer statistically accurate uh, because Larry Drew got hired it as interim, but not interim, and nobody really knows what he is. Head coach of the Cavaliers. And the the stat was the voice this. of the Cavaliers. Voice of the Cavaliers. I guess he's the voice now. He just mm-hmm. okay. Not the the voice. He's just the voice. Well, mm-hmm. there were there were three teams in NBA history that didn't have a winning streak, and it was one of the 1980s Clippers teams. The I think the 2004-05 Hawks. And the 2013-14 Bucks all went an 82-game season without a winning streak, and Larry Drew was part of all three. He was part of that 0405 Hawks team. Uh, I, somehow, I as like an assistant coach or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he he was on the staff of all three teams that didn't have a win streak. But the Sixers, uh, I want to say 15-16 that year, they won 10 games. They had no winning streak either. So that that stat. For everybody from Cleveland that went digging for that stat, it's no longer accurate. I know you're not listening to my podcast, but I don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, it's good to know. You know, keep them up to date. But uh, no, that's interesting. Uh, that 0405 Hawks team actually was the first Hawks team that I think I was a fan of. Uh-huh. Uh, interestingly enough. I was uh, I was a fan yeah. of like the '80s Clippers when he was on that team. Just like in their all their awfulness, there were a bunch of players on that team that I liked. But yeah, so like '04-'05, I was a fan because um, you know they had drafted Josh Smith and okay. he went to um, Keaton High School before he transferred to Oak Hill Academy. Right. And uh, as a Merida High School student, I'd actually seen him play. Okay. And it actually like I. Like I know, like you know, he he was kind of well known within Cobb County, so sure. it was pretty dope that a local got drafted, and you know, he was pretty good that year. I mean, he was pretty, you know, he had a great career, relatively speaking. But uh, 
you know, it's pretty dope to see somebody you knew um, being in the NBA because uh, he, like, he definitely lived around where where our high school was even because mm-hmm. we would see him come to our high school, come to Marietta McEachern in uh, games because that's a big rivalry down here. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was just pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, so it was really Josh Smith got me springboard into being a Hawks fan. And then later, Joe Johnson kind of solidified it. But that's just some uh, nostalgia talking. But, uh, yeah, you know. Is, is Joe Johnson that, still in the league this year? Like, is he on a roster? He's retired. Uh, he's not retired. I don't. He's not on any team. Oh, wow. Yeah, he, he wasn't too good in Utah last year. And then he went to Houston. And that was big, like, he was kind of unplayable. Right. For the well, Rockets and that That wasn't really gonna be his style anyways. Yeah. They you know, they, they just need you know the, he just doesn't have the legs anymore really. Right. My goodness. So, you know, it's just you know, he's had a great career, so mm-hmm. it had to end sometime. But kinda might end in a quiet way the way it's going this like this. That's kinda sad. I hadn't even thought of it until you brought it up. It's like, wait, where is he now? My goodness. Well, I mean, that it fits his career. Very quiet. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. I have no good segue, so I'm going to backtrack. What do you think of the Cleveland Cavaliers since we brought up Larry Drew before? I mean, it's, I don't know. Not much to think about. Uh, I find it interesting. Larry Drew is trying to haggle for more money, <laughs> but I don't. Okay. don't really know why he – He's still in, you know, I, I don't know. You know, Larry Drew, um, he's a professional, so I guess, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do. But sure, I don't, like, to me, I don't think he's going to get that many, you know, head coaching opportunities. So I don't know how much leverage he really has. Outside of that, not really much to say about the Cavs team. They're old and their young guys just aren't, you know, they're young and, you know, not really all that exciting to watch. So, yeah, I'm not too high you know, on Colin no, Sexton. No, LeBron. Eh, you know, I think Colin's going. I mean, it's fine, early, but it's just he's young too. He's a year young. Like he's he's only 19, so that's true. And he he's got talent, but um, I don't know. It, it's just hard. It's just hard in this league uh, to be good at that position when you're. When you're that size and you're not really a great shooter, right? It's that's, just an uphill battle. We kind of saw it with Dennis Schroeder. Mm-hmm. It it's just only so much you can really impact the game at that height if you're just not a like if you're not a knockdown three point shooter, a good to great shooter at this level. Like it's it's hard just to to make your mark on on the game. Um, and he he's he's just got a lot of work to do, but he's got talent clearly. Um, so, you know, hopefully hopefully he can put it together. But you know, you know, player development takes time. That's I true, think, and point uh, guards take the longest. Yeah, and that's something that needs to be you know keep in mind when watching him play. Like it took Kimba four years before he was the basketball player that you know before he was really good, mm-hmm. right? And he was a four year player in college you know, four-year long career at UConn, and it took him four additional years until he really turned it up. So, you know, just 
just, you know, with young young basketball players in general, it's just hard, you know. Okay. That that's something, you know, if we can segue a bit for the Hawks, something there they're probably going to struggle with, you know, because winning winning the NBA is tough. You know, you you got to bring it on a nightly basis, and you know, when things aren't going your way, you got to find other ways to, you know, affect the game. And I find, you know, me probably something that's frustrating is that you know Trey Young is probably the youngest Trey Young and Kevin Herter are the youngest basketball players on the team, but. Ball, you know, every game they're out there, they're at least, you know, they're at least if they're failing, they're failing in the right way, right? It's not through to, uh, they're like, all right, their jump shots not following well. I'll, you know, try to become a better playmaker in Trey Young's case, which you know he he just has natural talent that way as a basketball player. But you know, a herder, he brings it defensively um, every night, and that's not something you can say. With guys like, you know, if I got to call two guys out, Alex Lynn and Torian Prince, you know they <laughs> they're very much they're very much dependent on their offensive game. Where they don't have it going offensively, it bleeds into every aspect of their game, and it and it really just it just hampers the you know it 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 really kills the team when two guys you you know this team relies on Torian Prince in particular. <laughs> You know, when they're struggling, they kind of get in their head a bit and they take themselves out of the game instead of, you know, fighting. Uh, it, you know, I you, you really, you know, as somebody who watched the Hawks for a long time, you know, I think that's probably the biggest thing I appreciated from watching Al Horford um, all those years is that, you know, regardless of what Al Horford was doing offensively, he always brought it. He always brought the effort. And, you know, he all, he was always mentally in the game, like every possession. He always brought it. It didn't matter how well the team was going. It didn't matter how he was going individual offensively. Uh, it didn't matter if he was even getting beat up on the boards. He was still fighting and competing, and you could always respect that. Um, and that's just something something that that has to be learned. You know, you can you can learn that over time. Like, you know, it's, it's okay that Torrey, you know, gets frustrated that his shot's not falling. Um, but it's not okay that, you know, his effort wanes when that happens. And he's just, he's just got to get, he's got to get tougher mentally. And a lot of these guys do. It's something we talked about even with Trey Young early in the season, you know, credit to Trey. He's gotten better. uh, Even when his shot's not falling, just staying in the game, um, running the scheme, running the, doing what he needs to do as a basketball player in order to set other guys up. But, you know, you'd like to see your, you'd like to see Torin, somebody who's been in the league three years now and been a starter for two, um, going into this season, uh, just to show a bit more, show a bit more um, uh, on the defensive end when things aren't going his way. And you can really say the same with Alex Lynn because, you know, last night was his best game of the season and he really brought it on both ends after he got going offensively. And you know, that's, you know, that means kind of frustrating, but. You know, well, I have at the same time. I have a lot of ways I want to go with that. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I kind of wanted to to run with your Al Horford tangent, but I'm afraid I'll take you too far afield. Maybe we will come back to that later, but because because I think it relates to to what Budenholzer has in Milwaukee at the moment. But I I was playing with an analogy early in the season, and not in just a flattering way. 
But I was going to go with the absolutely ridiculous, you know, Baby Hawks, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Amari Spellman, and, and, you know, the ridiculous comparison to Golden State with it being, you know, Steph Clay and Draymond. And it's like if, if you take that and extend it by one player, Torian's kind of like the Kevin Durant. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a perfect analogy, but in, in this sense, like, you know, he's the big player who, you know, can score 20 points. He's the big player who, if you, know, you get into the last 15 seconds of a game and you kind of just want to go one-on-one at the end, he might be the player that you want to do that with for the Hawks. But at the same time, when he's out there with some of those other players, it feels like he's he's just breaking the system. Like he he's breaking the system on offense. He's breaking the system on defense. There's just an awful lot of freelance where it just it doesn't feel like he's dancing the same dance as the rest of the team. He, uh, if we can summarize, like he. Offensively, he's doing too much, right? He's right. He's dribbling himself out of good position offensively, and then, you know, his defense, like his defense, is so predicated on his offense. When he has to go out offensively, he brings it. He brings the effort. He brings the intensity. See, I don't know that that's necessarily true. Though, like, if you take it really, really big picture, like his first season, his defense was good, but he wasn't a very good offensive player yet. And then last year, his offense got a whole lot better, and his defense wasn't going with it. I mean, yeah, well, really yeah, that was picture. that was last season. That's you know, Torrens. Okay. Torrens defensive escapades last season. That's that's normal. I'm talking about you know this season. Okay, just this season. He has right. brought it to me. He's brought it more than he did last season okay, when he sure. had it going. But the last the last two games have been pretty bad um, on his ends, where I feel like he's just getting frustrated. Um, because, you know, he doesn't want to fail, right? He wants to do well. Uh, you know, everything, he it's not like he's being over – he's not being selfish. He's just trying – you know, it to me, like he has the highest usage percentage on the team at the moment, and, right. like, to me, it's really not his fault. This team this team can't score in right. half court. Uh, if Trey Young is not generating the offense for, for them, they, they can't get a decent look. And so, like, you know, Torian – as the other guy who can get his own shot, right? You know he he's doing more than he's probably capable with the ball in his hands. He's just not that crafty of a ball handler yet. He he might be able to get there, but right now it's not there. Where you know if his shot's not falling, he really can't draw fouls. Um, he just doesn't have the handle to do that. And uh, you know, ideally, you would like to see him work more off the ball and try to get open that way but you know without really anybody to without without with only Trey Young to really be able to set him up like you know it's there's only so many in the game where Trey Young and Torian Prince are sharing the floor like you know there and then there's only so many times like you can't ha- you can't ask Trey Young to you know do everything for the team at the moment like that's not that's not you know reasonable um so like Torian's got to take some some share of the load and 
like to me, he, he it just feels like he's he's suffocating due to the fact that you know his his pick and roll partner that he found success with the second half of the season was John Collins, and you know John Collins sure. been hurt. You know this team. <laughs> he's gonna make a lot of his pick and roll it, partners look better. I mean, yeah, I mean everybody misses everybody misses John Collins on the sure. team except because you know he he creates open looks for you by his by his gravity around the rim and you know without him. Without him being on the floor, Torrance just finding it difficult to, you know, get quality looks um, because he can't really create it one and one on one without right. you know somebody doing the work, you know, initially. He has to he has to take an advantage dribble um, where somebody you know uh, penetrates the defense and then kicks out. I mean that's true to a um, point. Like if we back way up, like I mean Torian is a really good shooter. Like. Really, really good. He has an incredible shot. I mean, and he's he's a player who is like at Baylor. He was like a power forward playing in his own defense. So like all the stuff that he's grown at defensively and offensively. I mean, it's a huge credit to him that he's gotten to be this good playing as a wing in the NBA. But you know, you were talking about Trey and Torian being the two players that that can make something, but. It's not like one or the other has been on the court at all times. In fact, the teams look pretty good when they're both off. Well, they've looked good when I mean, they've looked good when they've gone to these all defensive lineups and they generate turnovers and get out in transition. In the half court, they can't create a good look. So, if they're not generating turnovers, they okay. got nothing. And Torian, uh, that that's I, the other thing that Torian's very good at. Like in the fast break, he's really good. I mean, there are a lot of players on the Hawks who are just it's been kind of dismal some of their transition opportunities that they've had, but Torian he'll get a good look, whereas some of his teammates don't on, on the fast break. But I mean, I it's 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 more than just the defense though, because DeAndre Bembry's done it at times without necessarily you know when it hasn't been defensive when it's been straight up half court. Jeremy Lin last night you know he was running pick and roll with Deadman and getting the ball to the right places for Deadman. I mean, part of it is that Prince isn't, it's not that he's not a willing passer. He's just not a gifted passer. Like his passes are always a little bit off and he's just, I don't think him and he and Bazemore is a natural pairing. Like they're, they're too similar. Like they're both too turnover prone. They're both a little bit erratic at times. Kim Bazemore before, you know, last game was actually pretty solid. I mean, he's been you know, good, but there's just a he's. I mean, if you take the long view, he's kind. Bazemore's kind of a high turnover player, and so is so is Prince. I don't entirely trust them to run a pick and roll without you know coughing it up more often than they probably should. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, that's the drawback on this team, right? It, uh, you know, it's really just Trey Young who you really trust with the ball in his hands. Anybody else, it's really, you know, it's got to be an advantage um, generated through ball movement and passing. And, you know, the issue that Torian has ran, ran into is that, you know, when he gets the ball, the ball kind of, he, he just takes, he's dri- like, he just... He's kind he's of a taking, ball stopper. Go ahead, say it. Because that's what, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. Really, he kind of really disrupts I mean, the flow a little bit. Kevin... Yeah, yeah, but Kevin, like it, not like Carmelo Anthony, not there. Yeah, but I mean, it's understandable. Like, like I say, it's understandable because the offensive talent is just not on the floor. Like Alex Lynn and Vince Carter 
are entirely dependent basketball players. And it's, I mean, it's just Trey Young who can do anything. Yeah, you know, that's true. I mean, with who, Lennon Carter, that uh, yeah. Like who else? Who else? Who else do you see can can get a good look? You know, off a of pick and roll, or you know, I mean, that's you know that's, who 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 else on this team can really? You know, it was supposed to be Jeremy Lin, and right. you know, until last night, Jeremy Lin was the worst basketball player in the rotation. Uh, and so it's just you know, just in general, the offensive talent just isn't there and that's why I'm like you know I'm not you know has Torian been Torian's had some great nights um when his shot is falling and again I feel like if his three-pointer was dropping the last two games we you know the turnovers are still a problem but we may not even be having this conversation like he's going through a shooting slump the issue is not the shooting slump to me though the issue is that when the shooting slump happens his effort wanes and he kind of takes himself out of the game and he he puts too much pressure on himself and it just leads to mental mistakes that shouldn't happen. But, you know, like I said, like they, you know, in general, the team, you, you know, they're asking Trey Young to be uh, a superstar when he's, you know, he's been good for, you know, he's been relatively good, you know, even for a point guard, but I wouldn't even label him a star yet. I don't, I don't think he's even that close, but. You but know, if you could, if like, he's not a star, though, let's I say this though, he's drawing star level attention. I mean, that's kind of the fundamental problem. And again, this all goes back to Collins being hurt. But okay, so you've got you got Trey Young out there, and teams are saying, "Shoot, we got to trap him, or he's going to cut us up." So they trap Trey Young. So he's out there with Vince Carter and Alex, and like you say, those two aren't really creating in any meaningful sort of way. They can stretch the floor, but they're not going to make a play with the ball in their hands. Okay, so that means that when Trey gets trapped, he's got to give it up, and it's going to Baysmore and Prince. And there's got to be some, you know, advantages there because at that point, after he's trapped, the defense is scrambling. So now you're counting on Baysmore and Prince to make the right read, make the right pass, and get something going. Albeit, you know, carrying Carter and Len to a certain extent, and they're just not doing it. They're just putting the ball in the wrong place so many times. So, I mean, I mean even, even though Trey Young isn't, he's not, you know, putting up numbers like a star yet, teams are guarding him kind of like he is. Yeah, but, you know, um, I don't know. It's, <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of the problems are Alex Lynn uh, before last night wasn't playing with the force he needed to play with, which led to, Guys not really respecting his dives to the rim, which led to less spacing for Torin and Ken Bazemore, which led to them coughing it up more than you would like to see from either of them. Like, it's just been a snowball effect of, you know, if you want to really talk about what the root of the issue is, is that they're missing, you know, probably their best offensive player and John Collins. And the fact that sure. if John Collins were in the game, you had something you can always rely on. Like, you ne- you always know that John Collins dunking at the rim isn't going to take a night off. And, you know, when you don't have that, you have to rely on um, Trey Young's three-point shooting. And Trey Young, you know, he kind of went through a bit of a, bit of a mini slump uh, before last night right. where the three wasn't, wasn't dropping. Now, 
the last two games, it's been great to see with Trey, if we can talk about him for a bit, that he's done a lot better job of getting to the rim and then finishing it at the rim. Um, in general, it's been a relative surprise that he's been this good at finishing at the rim throughout the season. But I feel like the last two games in particular, he's, he's really found a way to use the rim to shield defenders from blocking his shot from behind. Right. And I think if he continues to do that, continues to um, use his body to keep, use his body to, uh, you know, create separation between, uh, between him and the rim right. and then use the rim. I mean, him and his man no. and then use the rim as well as a, you know, an additional, you know, additional uh, yep. deterrent. Like, you know, he should be pretty good because he can finish with both hands. Yep. And, you know, he's got, he's got a great handle. He can get, and he's done a great job of leveraging his elite shot making from three-point range to getting to the rim. And I think, you know, Torian's not going to continue to play this poorly or turn the ball over this much. Like, like it's, been, it's been a rough three games in general, but, like, right. the turnovers are going to regress back to normal. And I feel like, in general, when they have somebody like – somebody as sure-handed as John Collins, like, hey, he's going to catch the ball – He's going to finish. You can rely on him. (laughs) And, you know, just in general, you can get him the ball at the high post and maybe he'll make something happen if, if, you know, the Hawks are struggling to to score a point. Like, he can make make something happen. He can make a move off the dribble, get to the rim, and then do something else. Like, he'll, he'll probably have high turnover issues as well, but, you know, there's a difference in that he has the athleticism and the finishing ability to reliably, uh, you know, just get buckets and have an overall impact on the game. Like, to me, a lot, a lot of the Hawks' prob- problems offensively is that they're not getting offensive rebounds, something that John Collins can fix. Mm-hmm. They're not they're doing – the bigs are doing a poor job of finishing at the rim, catching passes at the rim, and general just making plays at the rim. Mm-hmm. Uh, before last night, Alex Lane was kind of no-showing. Um, That's true. Yeah, he was missing and, a lot of layups. You know, yeah, it, and it was just – it was, it, you know, like – hate to keep crapping on Alex, but like he, he was just, he, he was having the yips. Like he was just, he wasn't finishing strong through contact and it was, it was affecting in the, the bigger issue was that Alex Lynn not finishing at the rim was affecting the entirety of his game defensively. He wasn't getting re- contested rebounds. And then offensively, he wasn't setting good enough screens to get that separation that guys like Bazemore and Prince need in order to create something. Um, but you know, it's okay. like, yeah, it, it's just, it is what you it know, is. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's only so like, I, I get why Torian is struggling. Like the shot's not falling. And if the shot's not falling, he can't really get to the rim um, because teams are taking away his right hand now. And so he's really not adjusting to the fact that teams are taking his right hand away and he's, he's pressing. Like, he's like, all right, I, I, you know, he's playing for a contract, you know, next year will be, he'll be up for, you know, that contract extension. And, and he sees what his peers are making guys. He thinks he's better than are right. making more, are making good money in the league right now. So, uh, you know, he sees that, Hey, this is my chance, you know, and if I play well, like I can, you know, I can get, I can get me one of those hundred plus million dollar contracts. Uh, right. So it's, you know, it, it it's, it's, I a hope lot he's not looking at Andrew Wiggins deal. Oh, he's definitely looking at Andrew. Williams. <laughs> oh, like no. That. <laughs> That's kind of like the Mitch Richmond in the Basketball Hall of Fame. You just you can't use that one as a comparison. That'll throw everything off. 
I mean, that's the, that's the exact <laughs> person. It's somebody you think he's, I mean, he think, he probably thinks he's better than Wiggins. I think he's better than Wiggins. He's how much weight? Well, yeah, but, I mean, he sees how much he's making. He's like, yeah, I should make just as much. It's not oh, more no. than him. So, that's how players think. So, I don't, oh, I, I, don't I wouldn't fault him for that. But uh, I know. That's fair. Uh, you know, but, you know, it's just he's putting way too much, like, in general, he's putting too much pressure on himself uh, when he's struggling. And he, he's got to fight through that adversity and really – uh, get to what he can always be an asset on, which is his defense, uh, when, he, when he applies himself. I just wish he uh, would give up the ball a little bit more because he's such a good shooter. Like, just, just play in the flow of the offense because his numbers will look better if, if he doesn't force it, if he takes that reset and lets two or three more plays happen, and then if the ball comes back to him, He's a really good shooter. Yeah, but I mean, he's young, and that's, that's what that's what young players do. Right? I guess. They, he's not that young. I mean, like he's, he doesn't. He's not young. Years no, but wise. he's young. He's young. Age wise. His age doesn't matter. He, his, okay. He's young in the NBA sense. That's like, true. It, and also in the sense of his role, like he didn't have this role at Baylor. No, not at all. Like he's young. He I didn't know to. he could. He like if if he was, you know, offensively, he wasn't this gifted you know, in college. So like, this is, this is a brand new environment for him as a basketball player. Mm -hmm. So he's really trying to, he's trying to learn what he can and can't do. And, you know, this is a time to experiment. So I don't, I, you know, it's frustrating to watch, but it's not like, it's not something to really, you know, rag on him about, you know, you you just, you got to accept that, Hey, these, these types of performances are going to happen. Then he's going to have, you know, a 30-plus point performance with, you know, great passing and great shooting and showing all the tools he has in his tool set. So that's just that's just how – how. Okay. I mean, that goes back to my original point. Like, it's hard, it's hard to be that consistent type basketball. Hard to play with that lo- the level of consistency where night in, night out, you know, your coach knows what you're going to give every night. You know, that's why, you know, to me, I, you know, said from – early on during the season that John Collins is the best basketball player on his team because, you know, like John Collins knows what he can and can't, you know, he knows what he can do and knows how he can impact the game right. with his energy level and his athleticism. It's easier for him um, in that sense. You know, with Torian, he's not, he's not the athlete that John is. Right. And he's not, you know, he's not as skilled with the ball in his hand as Trey Young. But at the same time, he's 6'8", and he's got a great shot. So, and he's got a good enough handle to get himself to good, um, good spots on the floor. You know, now it's just learning. Um, it's just, it's just learning uh, constraint, like less for him, less would be more. Yes. Um, that's a good way to put but, it. But, um, but you know, it, and, and this, you know, and like I said, like really like it'll get better for him when, right. when John Collins comes back. Like it's I also a new you, coach. It's like they're seven games into a new system. A lot of and, it's and, a lot know, of it's Pierce, the same, Lord, but I mean, it's, and Lloyd Pierce is letting him fail, whereas you know Bud would pull him, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, if 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 Torian was was going to have back back to back turnovers like that, or you know uh, a a messed up turnover, and then he doesn't get back on defense, like like you know right. Bud Bud wouldn't play that, like Bud would just yank him, right. and then he I like, mean okay. Torian would sit. Torian would sit for whole halves. Remember, like if that was if that was the first whatever, season, not so much last level season. or the intensity or whatever. 
he wasn't bringing it that night. Like, Bo would just flat out sit him. He wouldn't, it wouldn't be accessible. Like, LP is allowing him to fail. And it's like, take, like it's, experience is going to... It's kind of apples and the oranges, The experience though. of him failing is going to make him a better basketball player. It's, it's, he might not do it this season. But, you know, learning, you know, just learning what you can and can't do. I, I don't find anything wrong with that particular... Right. When he's trying... When... The failures he's trying to make is he's trying to make a play for his team that's struggling. Right. But what he but, doesn't understand is that, you know, while that's great and all, you're really causing more harm than good by, you know, not playing within the offense, flow of the offense. Like, like you know, you said, you know, but. That butt you know, comparison, though, that's not fair because you know, it, 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 he's, he was a rookie. A lot of it, and now like, he's a third-year player who's like starting. He's a starter now. Bud wouldn't do that to his starters. Just don't have Wait, you got to let me that, finish. That guy who's undeniable. <laughs> oh, um, but, um, I, You're not you letting know, me finish. To me, it's not that big of a deal. And it's also only seven games. So, like, it's, you know, he had a great four games beginning the season. His last three have been pretty bad. You know, it's he'll he'll bounce back. I think I think it'll be fine. You that that comparison with Bud though, but Bud treated Tory in his rookie year the way that you know, like Kevin Herter is getting treated now. It's it's a different comparison, like. There's a oh, reason. it's not. It's not. No, 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 no. It's not. It's it's night and day. Torian Prince didn't even play. Uh, like Torian flat out did not even play. That was a different for the team, though. This weekend season. That was a veteran team. Yeah. So it was like different objectives. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, Torian, you know, you trade. You know, I don't want to rehash ancient history, but you you traded a starter level point guard for the twelfth pick in the draft for a wing talent that you know you kind of need. And then you not play him, let let him like give him the Keith Bo, like give him you know fifteen minutes a night, twelve minutes a night instead of running out veterans who don't have a future with the team. Like, all right, he's going to cost you wins, you know, to begin the season, but you're going to need him, and they they needed him. And you know, I said this on Brass Pod, but like they needed him in the playoffs, and you know, he had a decent seat, uh, he had a decent series as a rookie, but you know, it came a point where. You know, the the Wizards figured out what he was doing and he really couldn't affect the game any other way. And, like, you know, Bud not going back, like, Bud not playing him through the season so he can learn how to deal with different coverages, how to deal with different adversities, adversities that would affect him in a game kind of limited him as a basketball player his rookie season when they really needed him in the playoffs when he ended up starting. Um, so, like, to me, Hurt, Hurt is getting, like, Hurt is getting, uh, if anything, Hurt is getting a lot of minutes relative to, uh, you know, what what we thought he was going to do. If you know, Mike Mike Bruno has been played young guys, you know, L. Lloyd Pierce is playing everybody. Um, yeah, you know, it's different objective yeah. though. I mean, two I mean, years ago they were trying. Kevin Hurter Hurter earned these minutes. Yes, exactly. Uh, he earned his, these minutes with his defense. That's uh, right. And he, you know, he brought it. He brought it. You know, because. He was, he was, based on, you know, the first preseason games, he was supposed to be in the rotation day one. He lost his, he lost his job to Dorsey because Dorsey outplayed him during the preseason. Right. So this you is know, what Bud would have done. Bud would do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and then the difference was that, you know, once he, uh, you know, once 
he got into the game during, you know, garbage time, he started showing some stuff that he wasn't doing in the right. preseason. There you go. And, you know, Lloyd Pierce rewarded him with playing time. He's done the same thing with Omari Spellman uh, to a lesser degree. I've been – I appreciate Lloyd Pierce uh, in general. You know, he's kind of been hiding uh, Omari a bit, you know, just – getting him out there where he knows he won't be taken advantage of. And, right. you know, it's been, it's been great for Omari uh, Spellman's development just to get playing time. And he's like uh, Torian. Yeah. Like, he played a different position in college. Like, you watch him out there, and it's like, okay, he's guarding a power forward who can shoot. There's a screen. And, you know, what does Spellman do? He goes under the screen. And it's like, you know, why does he do that? Well, because he was a center in college. I mean, that's – it's just, a you know, a different – you know, the NBA is just a flat-out different game. And then to change positions to boot, it's going to be an adjustment period. But, yeah, Pierce is going about it the right way. I don't – yeah, I mean, that said, like, Spellman, he, he's got to tighten up defensively. Oh, uh, sure. A lot of his mistakes are, are like, it's – this, it's not some complicated scheme that the Hawks are running defensively. Um, and, you know, he's just making mental errors that, you know, kind of aren't acceptable at the NBA level. But at the same time, they need his offense because, again, like the offensive talent just in general on this team isn't there. Um, you know, really outside of Trey Young and – it's really just Trey Young who's having a positive impact on the game offensively. Everybody else, even Kevin Herter, you know, if he would shoot more, he would. But right. for some reason, he's got he's he's got this nervous tick where he's open and he, he or like he's got he's on the fast break and he decides to throw a lob where when the layup is right there at the rim, you know, he's not, you know, in general Herter for for what like Hurt has been a much better defensive player than he has been offensively, which is strange to say, considering how great of a jump shooter he is and that he does have a handle. But you know he's just not being assertive enough as the Hawks need him to be offensively. Um, but you know, just in general, it's you know at the same time, you know, Herter's passing. Like there, there are there have been multiple times where it's like, man, I wish Herter was out there instead of you know Prince. Yeah, uh, just because of how he moves the ball. Yeah, and he absolutely. does less, you know. But at the same time, you know, he would be getting more minutes if he shot more. You know, right. just in general, like you're you're out there on the floor as a shooter. Uh, you know, when you grab the rebound, you push the rebound. Go look for your bucket first. You know, instead, right. you know, make them stop. You. you know, you're 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 Don't. one of the few guys on this team that has a quality handle. Um, you know, Torian Prince, Ken Bazemore, they have. You know, their their handle is okay, but you see, you will see Kevin Herter multiple times beat his man on the dri- off the dribble and then pull the ball back because he 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 doesn't want contact. He doesn't want to like he doesn't want to take it strong to the rim. Like you know, if he keeps you on, he he's going to get fouled or he's going to get a layup. Uh, you know, he doesn't. You know, it, it just goes to what I thought. You know, initially watching him in the preseason was like he doesn't really trust his body. Um, physically because he, he is slight and he doesn't trust that he's going to, you know, finish through contact. But what he's doing instead is that he's getting, he's gaining an advantage, but he's not punishing the defender for, uh, for, you know, for getting beat. So right. there's really no downside to, there's no, there's no, 
like there's no downside for him making a great offensive play. If it's almost the opposite play. problem of Prince, like Prince will continue to take a shot even after even the when defender the is not there. he doesn't have the advantage. Exactly. And Herder is just the opposite. It's like he'll gain the advantage, but he's just trying to stay in the flow of the offense instead of doing it. You know, taking taking the full offensive advantage of whatever opportunity he creates when it's there in front of him and just passing up open looks that when he has them, um, yeah. because you know, you know, it's, it's the NBA and guys close out quick of anything, but at the same time, he's got a great release and a great, you know, a quick release. And, uh, you know, it's going to be relatively tough to block his shot considering he's that tall, mm-hmm. you know, he should really trust, trust his talent more. A lot of, I find a lot of Herder's problems that, you know, maybe he doesn't realize how talented he is, um, just both physically and skill-wise. And, you know, the Hawks, like, the, the Hawks, you know, we came into the season thinking offense is going to be better than defense. Their defense has been fine. It's their offense that's been just dastardly where – and it's not Trey Young. Like, Trey Young's getting them great spots. Trey Young's getting them into great positions. But it's just a bunch of guys – um, not really reading the floor as well as they should be or re- not being as aggressive as they need to be in, in Herder's case. Yeah. I mean, I still, when you have, I mean, again, this, this the same caveat a hundred times, Collins is hurt. But, you know, when you say that they're fine defensively, like somehow the Trey Young, Alex Len, Vince Carter – when those three are out there, it just doesn't work defensively most of the time because, you know, Len, you know, he's fine in terms of when he's out there, you're going to play drop, pick, and roll coverage, and he's going to take away stuff at the rim. But the mid-range, it's that's what you're trying to give them, but it's still too soft. Like, it's just a really wide-open mid-range. And so that's problematic. And Vince Carter, you know, he's... He makes sound decisions defensively, but he just can't press up on his man closely enough. He's always two steps too far back. And then, you know, Trey Young, I've been impressed with him defensively when he's on the ball. When he's off the ball, he gets lost too much. Like, there's just too many times where, you know, he gets beat on something where there's a rotation and he's supposed to catch a guy coming around the backside and he doesn't get it. He just doesn't, mm-hmm. away from the ball, he doesn't realize things quickly enough. I don't think this is going to be a long-term problem. I think he'll get used to it over time. But right now, when when he's on the weak side, just you know, every now and then he'll get a nice steal with anticipation. But some of the stuff, he's, he's just not protecting the weak side of the rim enough. There's too many things are slipping in behind him when he's, He's, you know, trying to play in space on the weak side. I mean, yeah, this is all true. Uh, that said, the bench, the defensive unit of the bench has been great. And just, yes, you know, absolutely. through through seven games, they have the, based on basketball ranks, they got the 15th ranked defense in the NBA yeah. on a, uh, based on their defensive rating. And, and again, it yeah, would get better star, with Collins. And it, it's already gotten yeah. better with Deadman. Deadman's been... He's been on defensively. Yeah, they get they get Deadman, you know, Deadman being back has been a plus. They get Collins back. That really pushes Vince Carter down into the periphery where now 
you know, you got somebody in John Collins who can really help the starters with his athleticism. They've, they've missed uh, Poitras as well defensively, uh, even though he does make mistakes in transition. You know, he may, he'll, at the same time, they, they miss his athleticism at the four because, you know, ideally I imagine, you know, really to me Spellman is a five. He, he plays his best basketball at the five, but at the same time he has to be paired alongside a very good defensive four like Poitras or, you know, we, you know even John Collins who has the athleticism to compensate for what uh, Spellman lacks right. on that end of the floor. Uh, but, yeah. you know, overall – Overall, to me, like, yeah, the starters have been bad, but, like, I, I don't, you know, they don't, they don't, the starters don't play 48 minutes, and it's not even the most, like, Lynn, Vince Carter, you know, that's not the most used lineup on the team. It's, you know, Denbury plays more than both of those guys now. So it's like, you know, who, and that, with Deadman back, it's, you know, it's just whatever. It's, but it does matter they, because they, their problem has been falling behind early in games, and that's the unit that's out there when they fall behind. Well, yeah, but I mean, they, <laughs> well, what else are they going to do? Like, no, I know. We know that's a problem. Like, okay. I, I, I don't want to harp on Vince Carter being bad defensively. Like, that's yeah, he's forty-one years old. I know. That's uh, I that's how I play defense. I don't want to get and they don't have going to the rim time after time. They don't. They don't have anybody else. You know, who right. can even you know right. play before. I'd rather have Vince Carter than Omar Spellman out there. And you can't really play Dwayne Dedman and Alex Lynn together. Um, Right. So it's, it's just Carter-Lynn like, was a, a pairing that was really never meant to be, and just injuries forced their hand that way. And not only are they together, but they're together as starters, which is awkward. Yeah, but they're not. But but at the same time, they're not losing games because because of this or that. They're losing games because they can't score. Uh, the last I checked, they were before last night. They were the thirtieth ranked offense in the league, and now they're twenty ninth. You know, they have the fastest pace, right. and they are getting up a bunch of threes. The problem is they're not getting to the free throw line and they can't convert at the rim. Like they're, they're not getting quality looks at the rim. They're not getting to the free throw line. You're just not going to have a good offense. It doesn't matter who you got on the floor. Uh, you know, they're too reliant on their three-point shooting, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's, even the best three-point shooting teams, it comes and goes. But, you know, those, those teams can get to the rim, which is why it's been great to see that Trey Young is starting to do that now because that's what he needs to do for this team as one of the few guys who can do that. Hopefully, uh, you know, Jeremy Lin can build off his performance. Jeremy Lin and Alex Lin both can build off their performance from last night because they need them. They need both of them uh, to do more because those guys can, you know, they, 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 they can make plays at the rim, you know, in different ways naturally. But, right. you mean, know, at the same time, they, that, that's what they need because that's, that's what, like, I, I don't want to – I mean, it, it sucks that John Collins is on this team because they really, really need John Collins to be able to be in the game finishing at the rim. Because you have no I mean, other finishers. That, There's just not enough. Yeah, the only one, other guy is Alex Lynn, and, you know, he, he's been bad at it. He's, yeah, he's struggled. For whatever him. reason. Yeah, that's fair. Um, oh, crap. Well, you have me. <laughs> um, oh, going back to Jerry. No, is Jerry. I want to talk about what you said about Trey Young, but actually going back to Jeremy Lin, like he already looks like he's gotten over the doubt of, hey, when I get the ball, I'm going to put it down and go right every play, even if I'm open for the jump shot. Because he was he was hesitating on his jump shot really badly for a week and a half, and now it looks like 
you know, when he gets an open jump shot, he's going to take it, which that's, that's half the problem. Like he doesn't have, he doesn't have a blow by step anymore, but at least when he's open, he's just like, I'm going to shoot it. It's been a couple, two and a half games or something now where when he gets the ball, he puts it up, which I think, you know, that's, that's half the battle. And the rest of it is, you know, getting healthier and keeping your mind in the right frame of mind as you get healthier. But I, I think that's a good first step for him. I don't know. We'll it was, see. It's it was not like getting he was ugly. He was pretty bad at the Sixers game uh, to the point that, you know, Lloyd pulled him pretty early. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the first half, he only played three minutes because he was like he wasn't shooting and he wasn't doing what he needed to do. He brought it against Cleveland, but with Jeremy, we'll see. It's it's just going to be a game to game basis with him um, until he gets his confidence back up and his athleticism starts to come back to where, you know, and his jumper comes back where he feels like he can, you know, take that shot without hesitation. But you know, it was a good sign in general just to see him shoot it because that's what they need. They need guys. They need guys. They need Herder and Lynn shooting more in general because mm-hmm. they can do and they got the skill. And they need Alex, They really need Alex Lynn to to finish his layup because uh, at, at the moment he's the only guy who can really put pressure on the rim. Uh, you know, Deadman's really more of a pick and pop guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's just it's one of those things where you know Alex like he's got to be better and uh, you know hopefully he can be so that. You know, this offense can have some more room so guys like Torian and, and Kent can have a bit more room to make, you know, the, you know, so that they can have a bet greater impact on the game offensively and really show what they do best. Uh, but, you know, all this comes back to John Collins being hurt and they really don't – they just don't have that guy at the moment who can get, you know, consistent – who can finish consistently at the rim. Okay. Um. You mentioned Trey Young, you know, finishing at the rim, using the rim as kind of a shield. Mm-hmm. It, he reminds me a little bit of, and I got crapped on for this. I think I think I said it during the one of the the first game at Georgia Tech there against the Pelicans. You know, he reminds me of Wayne Gretzky in the sense that he's the smallest guy on the court, but where he has his impact is when he almost plays behind the goal like Gretzky did, like Gretzky would hide behind the other team's goalie, you know, between the, the goal and the glass. And he was, you know, getting ready to make a play from, from inside out. Trey Young kind of has that impact just because he keeps his dribble alive. I mean, his tan, his handle is so tight that he's never pressured really to get rid of it. And, you know, other than the times where he's like double teamed or trapped. So, you know, when he drives, if he doesn't like his chance at the rim, he can just kind of take his time. I mean, he he's good enough to just be patient there and look to see if there's a pass that he can make or if he can just keep going for another couple of dribbles on the other side. You know, if he gets to that spot that's directly under the rim, he's good enough with both hands in both directions that even if there's somebody there, you know, he can kind of make space just by picking whatever side is advantageous. It's Steve Nash. That's what Steve Nash used to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a basketball player. Yep. Um, you know, and it's what you got to do when when you're not that elite athlete. Um, you got to be more patient. You got to be more 
you got you you just got to do more you gotta you gotta realize more what's what's going on what the defender is trying to take away from you as a basketball player and what you can do as an offensive player to you know get that quality look um yeah i mean trey's got all the skills like it's funny like he has all the skills he needs to succeed and you know really it's just him trying to figure out how to apply them on on a case-by-case basis on what defense is trying to do or what individual players are trying to do to him and really just apply the tool set that he has in order to combat combat the defender um you know trey's been great uh his shooting is going to regress back to to the mean right now he's only shooting like 34 percent. he's a much better uh three-point shooter and he's getting great looks he's just like the last like you know, it's just been a it's been a complicated issue where they, they, they. I don't think, think he's getting great looks though. Like, he uh, he he gets difficult looks, don't you think? No, I mean, if if the hand's not in his face and he's open, like he's getting separation. Uh, something that was a concern to me. Like okay. if the shot's going up, and uh, you know, there's no hand in his face. It's a great look, whether he gets it off the bounce or whether he gets it off the catch. Uh, so I. Like to me, I find I find the looks are not the issue. Like he's not taking, it's not like he's taking forty, you know, shots from, that many shots from half court. When he does take shots from half court, it's from uh, or not half court, but like thirty plus feet away. Right, thirty. They're 30 primarily been, they've been primarily catch and shoot. Right. Uh, he's gotten some great he's gotten some great looks off the bounce, you know, right at the three point line. They just haven't dropped. Those will drop. Okay. Uh, just because of the amount of separation he's getting just the quality of shooter that he is. I'm not – like, shooting is not concerned with me with Trey Young. Uh, right. If he was taking bad shots, I'd be I'd be dissing him about his bad shots. The only bad shots he takes at the moment are his terrible floaters from, like, 17 feet away or, like, 20 feet away. Like, he – I hate every time he takes them, even when they go in, I, I find it to be, like, they're, they're just not good looks. Um, and, you know, he's better than that, but, you know – he has such great touch. He he can fall in love with, you know, with that floater a bit too much. I'd prefer him to take, you know, if he's going to take that shot, you know, take a jump shot, you know, don't take a floater. Like that's, that's a worse, that's a worse shot. Does uh, he have time to get a jump shot? If you're like 15, he does. let's say 15 feet. He, do you think he's got a time to pull up from the free throw line? Uh, Not from, or know, from what distance? Feet, he, like nineteen feet. You you notice the floaters he takes that are from twenty, you know, twenty eighteen feet. Like he will take a floater from jump shot range where he has a jump shot available. Okay. And the guy's on his hip, and instead of taking the jumper where he can potentially draw a foul, you know, he's taking the easy way out and he's just taking a floater because that's available to him when, you know, it's just not a really great look. Like, you know, set you know, take take a jump shot. You're a great jump shooter. Okay. You know, trust, you know. Like you know, if if it gets blocked that one time, it gets blocked. But hey, it's better. Like I, right. his flo- like his floaters from, like the floaters from so far away that it, it's just like come that on, that makes sense. Like you, you gotta you gotta recognize where you are on the floor. Uh, and but those That's fair. He, you know, those are the only bad shots to me he takes. Okay, I have a I'll question for you. You yeah, said you yeah. had to go in an hour, so let me get this in before you run away. Uh-huh. All right. Next week, this is all hypothetical now. 
next week, uh, let's say Kent Bazemore gets traded. Who who should be the starting two guard? Herder, probably. Do you think if it's like a week away, that's that's um, who you would start? Yeah, just because I really like Bembry off the bench. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, you get Herder on the floor. Cause just because of how good Herder's been defensively, I think you can do that. And, you know, he's, you know if you're going to trade Kent Bazemore, you're kind of echoing where you're trying to go as a team this season. Uh, you know, so, you know, that's, you know, that's a hypothetical. We'll see if that happens or not. But uh, if that does happen, I would imagine uh, Herder would start just because of the shooting. Um, and the defense, you know, he has the best combination of that from the wings off the bench. Uh, so, and like, you know, Bembry, you know, he's been better as a jump shooter, but at the same time, you know, you probably preferred him to have the ball in his hands the majority of the time, whereas, right. you so know, if he's starting, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be in Trey Young's hands. And right. While, you know, while you can do that, you know, that's fine and all, but, right. you know, when, when you're playing alongside, you know, Torian Prince and John Collins, you want you want your best offensive weapon to have the ball in his hands and both sure. and that be, you know, Trey Young compared to Bembry. Right, so Bembry's minutes could go up, but you'd, you, you'd put Herter there as Yeah, as just for, you know, the, more, the additional shooting and, just, sure. and also because, you know, defensively, just how well he's played. Uh, defensively, I mean, his defense has been outstanding. Yeah. Uh, like, I've, I've been, like, for a rookie to be this good defensively, and it's not just the, that he's been in great position. He also has the athleticism and the and the height to really affect uh, jump shooters and ball handlers. Like, that's that's something I didn't see from at all. So, And he, he knows know. what's going to happen. Like, he's athletic, yeah. but it's, it's I mean – there, there's nothing weak about his game at all. Like his athleticism, its size, and its anticipation. Like there's no, there's no. Oh, this is the NBA. Things are happening differently. I mean, he's recognizing things instantly. Like he, he's making great reads. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, it's been it's been remarkable considering his age and his, you know, right. You know, just everything, you know, considering his size, too. Like, he's not the biggest guy, but at the same time, he's finding a way to affect the game, right. uh, you know, defensively when he's out there on the floor. Yep. And, you know, his rebound has been outstanding, too. Like, he's just been, he's just been great. Like, he, he, overall, even my complaints as a shooter, him not shooting the ball enough, he's been good. Mm-hmm. You know, as a basketball player, he's just been a good basketball player. Yep. Um, and he's been, a, you know, he – be in the rotation of any team if he played like this. Like if he played defense like this, he'd be in any team's rotation. So he'd be in whose rotation? A, any team's rotation. Oh, any I thought uh, you named a team. Okay, sorry, I got you. No, no, no. Any I thought you were team. saying like in, uh, I thought you were saying like Indiana or something. I I got, got Nah. <laughs> All right. But uh did we leave anything out? Yeah, he's been, anything you wanted nah, to put in? I think we covered uh the Raptors are Second best team in the NBA. I think I said that before, but I'll say it again. You know, even with them losing to the Bucks, I Kawhi is trying to win the MVP this season. So, like, I it's going to be tough. Like, in the Bucks, you know, Bucks look great too. So, and it looks like the Celtics are getting back 
are getting back to it a bit game by game. We'll, we'll see. Um, but, you know, the Eastern Conference, you know, they got a, they got a tough four with the Sixers rounding everything out. So it's been, you know, it's been fun to watch, you know, other teams play. But uh, the Raptors have been really impressive. Do you really believe in the Sixers? I'm, I'm getting a little bit I, skeptical. I think I, they're rounding it out. I didn't, I didn't say they were. Like, I don't they, – they need more shooting. Right. And yeah. then, I mean, there's nothing much needs to say about Fultz. He's been bad. Uh, he can't shoot. And his shot, when he does shoot, it looks terrible still. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know what they do. Uh, but they, they, need, they need some reinforcements uh, badly. Yes. Maybe they, maybe they can bring Corver home. Yeah, it's probably the likely situation since, you know, I, I, they don't appear to be that creative on what they want to do as a basketball, you know, as a, in, in terms of roster construction. Um, them going them going and getting Wilson Chandler felt like a, I don't know, they could have done more. Yep. And well, they, they tried to get Bielitsa and failed, and that would have been a good move. That would have been, he's he's better than Bellinelli and Ilyasova combined, like, that would have been a really good move, and and they didn't get him. Yeah, but you know they, I don't know. There there was other stuff this off season they could have done. Oh sure, uh, yeah. That they, they they didn't. <laughs> they kind of punt. They they punted on this off season, looking for next off season. But but to me, I don't see any big star going to play alongside Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Um, yeah, you know it's just they don't. They don't have that relationship with the guys who are free agents this season, so it's it's going to be another offseason where they're going big star hunting. When instead they need to find complementary role players for the stars they already have. And this is um, their last chance too, right? Yeah, after well, after this off-season. after this offseason, you just said they're not going to get anybody this offseason, but that's it. That's their last chance. Yeah, but they can they can. They can get quality basketball. Oh, sure, at the sure. Same time, like you That's know, they, they, they can go. They can go get you know the basketball players that they need uh, to round out this roster to make it a contender. Right. Uh, you know, they can't. They're, they're probably not going to get a Kawhi Leonard, but that doesn't mean they can't go after a Kimball Walker, or you know. Ooh. You know, that would that, be interesting. That's somebody who would really help that team <laughs> with the shooting and playmaking. Right. Playmaking. Right. Um, so, you know, there are things they can do. Um, they probably, you know, it, ideally folks become the basketball player he was at Washington. And then, but, you know, we'll see with him. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it then. That's a wrap. Yeah. So let's see. I get my three words right here. Rate, subscribe. Wait, no, I did it backwards. Subscribe, rate, review. There we go. I got them in the right order that time. Subscribe, rate, review. Subscribe, rate, review. Yes, All right. sir. All right. <laughs> Have a good one, Tyler. You too. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. 
And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.